But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay. Thank you, sir. Good job. God, we're standing on this mountaintop. It has been a long climb. Behind us are the things we thought were so important. Twelve years of first days of school. Summer vacations. School dances and homecomings. Lunchroom food and locker rooms. Recesses and study halls. Grade after grade of report cards and parent-teacher conferences. Teachers and tutors and coaches. Science fairs and assemblies. Those 12 years behind us, down there at the bottom of this mountain. Now, Lord, we have climbed to the top. And we wait in the dark to see what happens next. There on the horizon, we know the moment. The light pierces the darkness. The glow, the rays of light and warmth. Radiating, illuminating, that is our future. We have climbed this high to see it. All those things we learned are the threads we have used to build these wings. We are not stepping off into an abyss, God. This is flight. This is soaring. We have come this far to launch. To ascend. To aspire. Now we hope in you, Lord. Don't let us grow tired. Renew our strength through you, and we'll soar on wings like eagles. We are prepared to fly into our future. Good morning, church family. I'll try it again. Good morning, church family. I was afraid that video got you stuffed up, so I didn't want to just make sure you clear yourself out. Uh, if me and Josh Reagan, if y'all want to make your way up here, I'm going to pray over here, y'all, in a second. We are uh, going to continue our day. Um, man, just getting a team preach or preach with uh, with Josh and Reagan here. Hopefully, you're excited to. To hear the words, if 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 you knew, I kind of learned that here recently. <laughs> Vicky and Shannon didn't know that Reagan was preaching today, so or at least not until recently. So surprise! Uh, I guess y'all weren't all studying together like I envisioned it in my head. <laughs> so whatever, we're leaving assumptions uh, at the door, and just excited to hear what God has laid on these young men's hearts. And already through, I guess I didn't know communion time was a last man out type thing, but hey man, we're just thankful there are so many young men willing to serve, and, and we're going to get to hear from our, our seniors, our guys, our gals uh, today in Fellowship Hall too, uh, so we're excited about uh, what today has in store. Um, but like I say, I do want to kind of lead these guys off um, this morning, kind of paint the picture this way, uh, and then I'm going to pray over them, and, and it's we're going to see what God has for us today, but as you know, uh, God found Gideon uh, in a hole. Um, he found Joseph in a prison, and today we learn that he found Daniel uh, in a land that wasn't his own and even in a lion's den. Um, God has this curious way of, of showing up in the midst of trouble, not in the absence of trouble. 
Uh, where the world sees failure, God sees our future. And so next time that you feel unqualified, ungifted, unready to, to be used by God, remember this. He tends to recruit from the pit and not from the pedestal. It is an amazing kingdom of, of redemption. We get to see lost causes turn into testimonies of the width and depth and height and greatnesses of our God. A God whose love has absolutely no bounds. It's no stopping point, no place on earth that it can't reach. Our God who is firmly on his throne and nothing can shake his kingdom. We were once not a people, but now we're the people of God. We once had not received mercy, but now mercy has come like a tidal wave and a hurricane. We are the people of God, and we know that God is our king. Today, our young men, uh, much like the story of, of Daniel, if you know much about context, but... Today, our young men are going to walk us through the first major section of the book of Daniel. Um, and I believe if you were able to get one of those NIVs, if you don't have one, you're like, oh, I forgot my Bible. We've got a, a rack back there, and it's page 604, uh, I believe. But anyway, we're going to be in Daniel today. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is my favorite, <laughs> not sure if this is my favorite verse uh, in the book of Daniel, but it, it ranks up there. Um, it's, it's sort of in the middle of a rebellion story, which we all like those. God's people are not at home. They're in exile. They're living in a foreign land. Um, and that's when we encounter verse 8 of chapter 1, um, where Daniel resolves. He sets his mind he, like, like rock to not, um, to not defile himself. And the guys felt that this scripture, um, I mean, it's tremendously applicable for those who are graduating um, and all those who are living in a land that's not actually our home, even though it's where we live. Um, there's so many good concepts of, of living in Babylon, uh, of choosing who you're going to be. Uh, temptation, knowing that it begins in our mind, and the importance of having a decision before you even face it, pre-decision and resolve. And that's, that's the storyline we're going to hear today as we chase the bigger picture of the book of Daniel. And so, and I just want to pray over us this morning that we will hear the words and let it get to our heart. And I just want to pray over uh, Reagan and Josh, as they lead us this morning. So if you would, um, pray with me. God, we want to hear from you this morning. Uh, we want to see how you've given us testimony, you've given us hope, uh, you've filled us with goodness. And God, if we can set our hearts on you now, um, if we can uh, just give everything to your kingdom, God, what you can do with that. We want to resolve to follow you and none other. We just want to listen to your voice, God. Um, have your way. And I want to I'll lift up our, our seniors this year. Um, and I just want to pray over um, Reagan and Josh as they pour out your word to us. God, may we hear what you have for us. And I pray you give them courage. Um, I pray you give them strength. Recall to memory what they've looked over, what they've studied. God, help us to see you and what, what you're speaking through them today. And the church says, amen. Good morning, church. So I want to know who turned the heater on up here. But uh, before I, before we dive into the 
passage, I just want to start out with a few questions and just what we're going to be talking about today. Have you ever felt like you don't quite belong? Have you ever looked around at the world and just wondered what is wrong with it? Right now, there is a lot of anger and hatred coming to the surface, and you can wonder why there is so much darkness. Fear and terror have been running rampant for decades. What is wrong with this world? If you think this way, then you are not alone. This world is flip-flopped upside down and makes absolutely no sense. So how do we live in a world that is so messed up? Do we hide our heads in the sand or live in a cave and hope the world will just go away? Or since we can't beat them, we join them and just succumb to the ways of the upside down world. Today we look at the writings of Daniel and through this book we will see Daniel and his friends living in a crazy world, but learning how to stay true to God while doing so. Seems also appropriate for we who are about to graduate and jump into the world on our own for the first time. Our time in Daniel this morning is called Living in the Upside Down, and there are a couple reasons why it is titled this way. The first is because of the TV show called Stranger Things. I figure most of y'all know what that show is about, but if not, it is about a boy named Will that is taken by a monster, and everybody's looking for him, but they have no luck because this monster took him to another dimension, a dimension that exists alongside our own reality. The dimension is given the name the Upside Down because it is a mirror of our own reality. As Christians, we hear about God's kingdom, a place of light, goodness, love, and hope. But we know that this world is far from that. There is beauty in this world, as you can see in a sunrise, sunset, but the world is far from perfect. This is the Upside Down. The second meaning is even more relatable. The, this world is just backwards and upside down. What is good is seen as bad. What is bad is seen as good. The way to get ahead is not to be lifted up but push everybody else down. People used to think that this world was ruled by the survival of the fittest, but now it is the survival of the whiniest. We live in a world where hatred and revenge are more common than love and grace. As we start to get into the book of Daniel, we will see that the world 2,600 years ago is not very different from our own. It is crazy, mixed up, and in the only world we have to live in. Our passage, our passage today starts out, Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple, temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put, and put in the treasure house of his God. The Babylonians came in and besieged the city until it fell. And our passage starts out with the exact same event, the fall of Jerusalem. The book starts here to give us some context to the events that follow. One of the things to note is that verse 2 says, and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. The author makes it known that Jer Jerusalem's downfall and the handing over of the king happened, happened because God intentionally let it happen. God let them be conquered by the Babylonians. When the Babylonians conquered the people, they took a bunch of the population and moved them, moved them to another location. They would mix up their population so that the conquered peoples would be mixed, mixed in with the existing ones. 
It would be an, an attempt to create unity and to discourage rebellion. Over time, the conquered people would mix with everyone and lose their, natural, or their national identity. They would only be known as the Babylonians. The Babylonians also had another method to control conquered people. Our passage continues. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, king of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was, he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them to a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. King, king Nebuchadnezzar wanted some Israelites to be a part of his team advisors, his royal cabinet. He wanted the best men from the royal family and nobility, men without any physical problems, handsome, able to learn, and quick to understand. What Nebuchadnezzar wanted to do with these men was to give them positions of power and show the, peop show the people that they were not slaves. But now, a part of something greater, the Babylonian Empire, they would, there would be Jews right near the king. They would have his ear and advise him on important issues. They would be like the king's own family and eat from his table. There are not things that you would do with, with a conquered people. They were things you do with friends, and Nebuchadnezzar wanted to make sure that the people he conquered and displaced would become his friends. Friends, as you know, do not rebel. The training would consist of three years of schooling in the Babylonian ways. It was kind of like the people who were chosen who, who were, chosen were sent to college. Nebuchadnezzar University, or Neb-U, where, where you learned all the ways of Babylonian, or, or Babylon and more. The passage continues in verse 6 and 7. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. As the passage says, a number of people were chosen from Judah to be Nebuchadnezzar's scholars, and only four are mentioned, mentioned here, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. When they entered college, the chief official gave them new names. These four guys had names that were very Jewish and had to do with their God, you know, the God. Their names were changed to more Babylonian names to be more palpable to the king. Daniel's name means God is my judge, while Belshazzar means Bel protect his life. Where Bel is another name for the Babylonian god Murduk, Hananiah means Yahweh is gracious, while Shadrach means command of Aku, where Aku is the Babylonian moon god. Mishael means who is what God is, while Meshach means who is what Aku is, Finally, Azariah means Yahweh has helped, while Abednego means servant of Nebo, where Nebo is a son of Marduk or Bel. Like I said, each of the Jewish names had a reference to God in it, and the Babylonian names had a reference to a pagan god in it. Uh, now Daniel 1.8. 
But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Uh, the will of God was the purpose of Daniel's life. Whether Daniel would eat the king's food was a supreme test of, of his fidelity to the Lord and his word. All of the inducements or promises could not deter Daniel from his purpose. A life of luxury landed in his lap, yet he refused it. He would be faithful to God, no matter the cost. All of us, all of us or, will or have faced forks in the road of our lives, whereby we decide either to follow the Lord or stray away on our own. Where we are in our Christian walk today is the result of choices from our past. The friends we have chosen to be around, a life partner, moral decisions, or even the career path we chose, these all have an effect on where we are today. Today, few people ask the questions, what is God's will? What does God's word have to say about this? Everyone has their own viewpoint. No wonder such false living and false doctrine pervades the church in our day. Precious few have deep spiritual morals today. If we live contrary to the will of God, God cannot bless us and work in our hearts. Rather, we will steadily fall in our spirit, spirituality if we do not deal with sin. Now, this wasn't something to be done lightly. The chief official was concerned. Now, God has caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the, the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. That's verse 9 and 10. By refusing, by refusing the food, Daniel was putting himself and others in a precarious position. For the chief official, he was ordered to watch over these men. If they started looking weak under his watch, he wouldn't be doing his job and could be killed for it. Also, by refusing the royal the food, Daniel and his friends could be insulting the king. The king was giving them the best, but they refused it because it wasn't good enough. Who were they to refuse the king? They could be facing death because of food. Is it even worth it? They, cho they chose to stand their ground here, and this is their upside-down world. The world was telling them that this food was the best food, but their hearts were telling them that the food would kill their souls. It looked good and probably tasted good, but it, it was laced with the spiritual poison that would lead them away from God. Like Josh just said, it was a precarious position. They could eat the food and go away from God, or they could refuse the food and face certain death. In, in that time, Daniel had wisdom in how to deal with the situation. He didn't staunchly refuse to eat the food like a toddler. Instead, he brought a plan to the guard. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food. And treat your servants in accordance with what you see. Verse 11 through 13. Daniel had a plan that they would try to eat just vegetables for 10 days and see what happens. Instead of diving in headlong, they would have a trial period. It is a tactic that many companies use today. It was a good plan to calm the fears 
of the guards and officials. So they agreed and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, the results were astonishing. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. By eating just vegetables and drinking water, they looked better than any other people in training. So to my fellow graduates, we probably should take notes on that. So you're saying we can't live on ramen or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That kind of begged to differ. I spent a few years. Never mind. Uh, it doesn't matter. But guys, thank you for the, man, the invitation. To, we know that a world is beckoning us to, to be a certain way, and we know God's called us to live a different way. And, and all I hear uh, Reagan and Josh saying was, well, one of the many things is just to set that resolve. Like we, we know who we're going to be. And we know whose we are, and so we're going to live into that kingdom. Um, uh, thank you, gentlemen. If y'all would, uh, return to your, your families. We're going to do our blessing uh, now. Um, thank y'all. I know uh, typically during our, our senior, or we've, we've only ever done it one way, where we do Bibles in the beginning and, and uh, kind of say a prayer over them. And I want to kind of maybe set a new milestone for us today, uh, a new place to kind of set our, stand our ground, um, and, I, and I'll, I'll explain that here in a second, but they do still get senior Bibles, um, and man, I invite you, those senior Bibles are on their senior tables uh, in the fellowship hall, and there are pens, and I invite you to highlight favorite scriptures, sign, encourage, um, and just make that your blessing uh, today, because their senior Bibles are in there, so we're not going to present them uh, necessarily in here, they have already been presented to their tables, but um, here in just a few moments, um, I feel like we all get to bear witness uh, to what I believe, and maybe you believe, is one of the most powerful things uh, we can do uh, for our brothers and our sisters in Christ. That is to say a blessing uh, over them, and blessing is an opportunity. Uh, it is an opportunity to partner uh, with God in hoping for a grand future for someone else. And in Christ, our hope is not a wish, but it's an expectation that God will always, always come through. It's an opportunity for us to remind each other uh, who God is and what God wants for them, uh, who they're created to be. And it's an opportunity for us to call out uh, some of the holy characteristics that we see in them. This is a holy moment, one that we can't take for granted, um, but we get to enjoy and experience this together, and that's just what we're going to do this morning. Um, I am going to call the names of our seniors, uh, and as I do, there are, <laughs> I'm sorry, but there are little blue X's uh, on the floor, and if you would, senior and Maybe your parents, but if, I don't know, just some of your family, if you and your senior would find, and they're, they're scattered throughout the auditorium. I think there's four in the middle, two in these aisles, and then a couple even in the back. Nobody, nobody was left out. If you and your family uh, would find, when we call your senior's name, if y'all would find that spot and just kind of stand near uh, the blue X, 
Uh, and then I'll, I'll tell you what we're going to do after that. So, um, oh, I forgot to go through all of those. My bad. Um, anyway, Peyton Dockery, if you would go. And then Reagan Cochran. I guess we can clap if, I don't know if, they, if that's a thing. You're all wondering what we're doing next. I get you. Callie Vinson. And then Parker Lee. Ivan Robledo. Molly Jones. Landon Smith. And Jasmine Moreno. And then Joshua Colwell. Definitely not the least, but he is our last one to call out, is Hayes Huffstetler. All right, if, if you are near uh, these families and these seniors, if, if you want to go ahead and place hands on them, that's okay, or just kind of look in their direction, we're going to pray a, a prayer of blessing over these seniors and their families. We will have no senior left behind. So y'all make sure everybody's got somebody surrounding them. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God of hope, may you fill our seniors and their families with all joy and peace as they trust in you so that they may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling, that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord direct your hearts into his love and Christ's perseverance. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. May the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. May he work in us and in you what is pleasing to him through Jesus. To him be the glory forever. And this is our prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth and insight so that you might be able to discern what's best and may be pure and blameless till the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. We ask that the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. We ask that the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be very gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, we say, amen. Amen. Now you may 
If you'd like to be seated, that's okay. Or you can stand. It's, there's no heartfelt anger there. On the ch- behalf of the church family uh, that meets at 1013 South 4th, if y'all didn't know, that's, that's our physical address. Uh, in Canadian, Texas, we do want to say a very heartfelt uh, thank you. A deep thank you to our seniors' parents. Um, man, may the Lord continue to, to bless and keep you as you transition to life without uh, your senior necessarily in the home. Maybe that's exciting for you, I don't know. But uh, thank you to all those uh, wonderful youth workers out there, um, which is a fancy way to say all that have, I don't know, just devoted their lives to our teenagers and to our kids and love teaching classes. Um, our children's Bible class teachers, I thank you all for the years of, of pouring man, wisdom and, and love and relationship into our children and watching them become teens and now graduate. Um, thank you to our church family, uh, church family in large, just for, for being a support system, uh, for being there, for, uh, for helping raise generations and generations Um, and finally thank you to our seniors Uh, there are a lot of places a lot of things you could be doing but yet you've chosen to to kind of just like Josh and Reagan were telling us not kind of but like that to resolve that Christ is what is most important to me I'm going to follow Jesus uh, and to to not be like the rest of the world to set yourself apart not not at a shaming culture, but to say, hey, there's, there's a much better way to live. And I want you to follow me because I'm chasing after Jesus. And so thank you, seniors, for, for that legacy. Because in state championships or accomplishments, nobody's going to care next year. <laughs> what we care about is the kind of person that you were to somebody who didn't get a lot of attention. The kind of way that you reached out to older couples or took care of kids the way that you lived out Jesus. That's the legacy that matters. That's resolving um, to not defy yourself. That's what Daniel's calling us to, to live into the name of Jesus that we all bear. So thank you, seniors, for, for the blessing of, of getting to watch you experience God and to, to step out in faith and to be shaped by that. Um, man, I, I say all that because we do, we never want to leave no opportunity. If, if, if there's a, something, man, we could pray about for you today or man, if you're ready to give your life to Christ, we always want to offer that too. But uh, here's how we're going to finish. Uh, we're going to sing or we'll, we'll stand up here in a second. We'll sing a song. And if you have any need, um, man, we'd, we'd love to pray over you, pray with you. Um, I know our shepherds are located around. You can find them and pray with them. Um, David will lead us in closing song and then Ivan. Uh, Robledo will give us uh, or close us out in prayer and I I believe he's even going to pray over our fellowship feast and then man everybody you are welcome to come I heard there's like three things of banana pudding so (laughs) I'm saying fellowship feast is back and it's all because of our seniors thank you for what you bring to us Uh, but like I say those their tables are back there Uh, we're going to have a few of our seniors kind of share who's been impactful uh, to their faith and that's how we're going to enjoy our fellowship feast today so um i think that's it so if if you have any kind of need would you come forward as as we stand and sing